Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Well, guys, you know what? Tonight, I'm, I'm honored to be sharing this message. And it's a very unique message for me anyway, and, and it's going to be out of Psalms 91. And many of us know that psalm, many of us love that psalm, and yet also with that psalm, God has placed on my heart to share from Romans 8, verses 1 through 17. And, and, and God has prepared a message, He's going to blend those two together, and we're going to see some amazing principles and promises here, okay? So the title of today's message is, Under the Shadow of His Grace. Under the shadow of his grace. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we praise you, my King, once again. You alone are worthy, my King, of our praise. We thank you, Lord, for this night, for this moment. We pray for Pastor Durrell is up, up in California, Father, just uh, with family members of someone that passed away. We keep them in prayer, comfort them, strengthen them, and protect them on the way back when they come back Friday. Father, we pray for this message. I pray, Father, that the words that come from my mouth come directly from your heart. And Father, that we would open our hearts, open our hearts and minds to receive from you, not from El Rubio, but from you, that these principles, Father, that many of us truly don't understand. And some of us, maybe it's the first time we're hearing them. So I believe, my King, I believe as you imparted them in me and, and, and helped me to walk in them, not only to hear them, but now you've helped me to walk in them. And Father, that now I have authority, I have victory because of you. And I pray that we would understand that, Lord. So thank you, Father, for this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay. Well, before we go to Psalms, please come with me to the book of Matthew. And this, this story here really inspired me, the Lord's inspired me. To, to really put this message together. Matthew 23, verses 37 through 39. Okay, and, and again, guys, this is one of the passages that really is going to really highlight uh, uh, the, whole, the whole message tonight. Uh, here we see that Jesus laments over Jerusalem. And he says here in verse, verses 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. I find it amazing, guys, that that Jesus would use this example of a mother hen with her chicks. You know, let's read it again. How often I wanted to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Yes, he was speaking to the nation of Israel. And now he is speaking to us. You know, if you've ever been around a mother hen and her chicks, you would discover that this mother a hen would die before she would allow anything or anyone to harm her chicks. This mother feeds them, protects them, and makes sure that she keeps them from all danger. 
Now, with that being said, please come with me to the book of Psalm 91. And here, guys, I'm going to read all 16 verses. And, and, and then later we're going to come in and, and just uh, look at them a little closer. So Psalm 91, one, verses 1 through 16, it says this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, and the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Now, guys, as I mentioned before, the Lord led me to now incorporate Romans 1, 8, chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Now, please come with me to Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there, therefore now is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit... The things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit 
who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit you put, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Guys, these are powerful verses. I know we've read them over and over. And now we're going to kind of dissect them and we blend them together for these spiritual principles that God has has revealed to me. Now I'm going to share them with you. Okay, now let's go quickly to Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 here. And the passage, or the, the title of this passage here, I call it, The Secret Place, okay, or In Christ. In Christ, okay? He says here in Psalms 1 and 91 and 2, he says, uh, 91, 1 and 2, he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Okay, now Romans 8, 1 and 2. We're going to kind of go back and forth. He says, There, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay? Now, guys, when I was studying this, and I shared this recently with the Spanish ministry, there's something here that some people kind of take out of context. There's a, there's a passage here that uh, says, who do not walk according to the flesh. Let's be careful, guys, that we do not become legalistic in this one verse. Let me explain. Let me read it. Therefore, there, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who, walk, who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. Many, many religious or religions or even dom- dominations, uh, different denominations would take this and say, see, right there's a, there's a condition to our salvation. There, there is no condition. There is no condition to God's grace. It is a free gift. And say, hey, no, no, see here, those who walk according to the flesh. Hello, guys, we all walked according to the flesh. And as believers, God, let me tell you, let me just give you a secret. We still at times walk in the flesh. But the difference between a non-believer and a believer is that we're forgiven. Oh, granted, granted, if we're led by the flesh, we're going to suffer the consequences. But let's be mindful when we're witnessing to someone else. That we don't set conditions on God's grace. That was free. But it cost God everything. Okay? Amen? Okay. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 4 verse 12. One of my favorite verses says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Guys, with these two passages from Psalms and Rome, they give us uh, the key to living a Christian life. The moment we receive Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior, we were declared free from, the, from sin and death. 
I shared with the Spanish ministry, and the title was The Declaration of Our Independence. We celebrate that as a nation on July 4th. But the moment we receive Jesus Christ, we are declared free. We are dec- liberty has been declared. And here we're going to see, guys, how, how some still do not understand or embrace that principle. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay, now Psalms 91, 3 through 4. The righteous requirement fulfilled. He says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Now in Romans 8, 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. You know, Paul in chapter 7 of Romans, he gives a great analogy of a married couple. And he's talking to the Jews, those of the law, he says. So, well, if the man dies, the woman is free to marry again. They understood that. But if the man is still alive, then you're not free to marry again. If you do, it's called adultery. They knew that. So guys, the thing I want us to understand. Many times we hear, oh, here comes the law. He's talking of the law again. If you notice Paul's letters, almost all of them talk about the law. Why? Because his audience was mainly, most of them were were Jews. And then they later on in Gentiles. This passage, (laughs) I put it this way. We, before Christ, were married to someone else. We were married to Satan. We were married to the law. Okay. Now, please keep this in mind. The law, the problem wasn't the law. The law is holy. Is it still holy? Yes. It's still the standard of God. The problem is that when sin came around, he says, that it aroused. It aroused the sin in me. And all of a sudden, we knew it was sin. Because of the law. But that was our husband. Now that Christ comes on the scene. Now that from the death, burial, and resurrection. We have a new husband. Then the question. If we have a new husband. Then why are we still carrying the old one with us? Forgive me for this poor analogy. But it's like you, you've been divorced before. And now your ex-wife is telling you. How you and your wife should live today. Your, your present wife is not going to go with that for too long. But guys, keeping what I'm trying to say is a lot of Christians still live under the old husband of the old way. No, no, no. We've been set free. We've been set free from that. Praise God. Okay. It's interesting here in verse, in, this, in Psalms, it says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now, allow me to bring some clarity to the often overlooked principle and quite often misunderstood. Come with me to Hebrews, please. Uh, 12, 2. And let's take a good look at what this verse says. Pertaining here to the fowler, okay? The snare of the fowler. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. Verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Guys, let's not, let's not blow through the stop sign. I always say that. Let's not blow through the stop sign. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. The fowler, here he is. And the guys that I mentor, they come to me and I, I, classic, classic question. Hey, pastor, how do I combat the thoughts that come against me? Leading me to a temptation, then leading me into sin. Good question. How do we do that? Pray, read my Bible. Okay, come to church. Praise God. But still, we're bouncing off the walls. I said, we need to understand the principles that God has given us. Day by day, walk in them. Okay, Understand, recognize that thought. Stop it right there. Before it carries you dancing into sin. And you guys know what I'm saying. Because our thoughts are the same. Here it comes. Again, here it comes. And after we're over here, forgive me God. Tomorrow comes, here it goes, same thought. Dude, what are you doing? I tell the men, what's your plan of action here? I don't know if I, I didn't know I needed one. Oh, I guarantee you Satan has a plan for you. I guarantee you he's strategic in you. He has studied you. And he knows our weaknesses, guys. You're watching the Super Bowl, Victoria's Secret. Oh, change the channel. It goes to another Victoria's Secret. And another one. Oh, my goodness. We laugh. We change the channel. But our human nature says, ah. Our sinful human nature says, let me go back to that channel. You guys know what I'm saying, okay? It says in James, guys, it says in James. So many times, guys, we as believers, we blame Satan. I get guys coming, oh, Satan's on me, man. Ah, He's on me. No, he's not. Satan has been defeated at the cross. You guys believe that? The only enemy or the the enemy that we have that we need to deal with daily is our flesh. Granted, man, the seed's there. Thank you, Grandpa Adam, right? Thank you. Thank you. Now, we deal with that sinful nature. But guys, let's understand what Christ did on the cross. We have been set free. Oh, granted, we still live in this tent, yes. But we have been set free spiritually. Man, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, what? Easily ensnares us. He knows our weaknesses, man. He'll put it out there. It could be a smell. It could be an image. It could be a song. And all of a sudden, we're dancing. And Spirit of God saying, what are you doing? Chuck, what are you doing? Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Guys, there's people that come to the altar weeping, crying, forgive me, and praise God for that. I used to do it all every week. When I first got saved, guys, I went to the altar every week. I want to be saved again. I think I was saved 16 times. <laughs> crying, crying. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. One day God grabbed me and goes, You know, son, these tears, they mean nothing to me without obedience. 
stop that thought right there. Because you know where it wants to take you. Stop it. But what do we do now? Do we go to Oprah and say, what good thoughts do I have? Nah, sorry. No, we apply the word of God to them. Doesn't it say in the word that the word of God is alive and powerful? Yes, in the name of Jesus, I stop you right there. Woo. You guys ever speak to your thoughts? Rob, I know you do. I've heard you before. I speak to mine all the time. All the time. And I have to get angry with some of them. I said no. And I meant no. Ooh, who are you talking to? I'm talking to me. Hello. Because, man, I tell you, they'll come, they keep coming. They keep coming, okay? The key principle, guys, that we need to understand as believers is that we fight from a position of already being victors. How come many Christians walk around as their victims? Oh, yeah, Pastor, you don't know what's going on. But all things work together for good. Oh, yeah, you know, you don't know. I know, I know. But I know how God has taught me these principles to become victorious in my life. We already come from a position of victory, right? But do we live that? That's the thing. Do we live that? What he says here, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Why do you think he came? He came as a human being to take upon our sin. And in order to, to defeat it, he had to die. That was the only way to overcome it. And in that process, guys, there was our victory. Satan thought he had it. Yeah, I got him. No, you don't. That's your, that's, your, that's your demise. And for us, guys, please understand that we, we start our battles in the position of victory. Do we believe that, though? Man. Now, let's come with me. Psalm 91, 5 through 8. We might make it by 9 o'clock. Praise God. So... Here, guys, we see Psalm 91, 5 through 8, the reward of the wicked. He says, "You You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and then ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verse 8, only with your eyes shall you see, or shall you look, and see the reward of the wicked. Guys, is there wickedness going on in this world? My wife gets on me, man, I'm watching the news. She goes, wow, how can you stand to watch that stuff? I just got to stay in tune. But be careful, our emotions don't get wrapped up in there, and we're thinking crazy stuff. I know how you guys here in Queen Creek, man, ooh. Yeah, I wish they'd come to my house. Yeah, yeah, I wish they'd come to my house. (laughs) Calm down. Calm down. I wish they'd come to my house. Let me talk to you about Jesus. Okay. Oh, yeah, we pray. I pray for justice. Lord, before you come, I want to see a little bit of justice. That's it. Just a little bit. But if I don't, praise God. You know, I'll be in glory. Hey, in this passage of Psalm, Moses gives us a glimpse 
of the protection, of, the, of abiding in the shadow of God's grace. Yet he also mentions the reward of the wicked. Now let's go to Romans 8, 5, 8, 5 through 8. He says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Please hear that, my brothers and sisters. Too many of us want to dance one foot in the church, one foot in the world. What does God say to that church in Laodicea? Whew, I wish it were cold or hot. But since you're not, since you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Guys, here, here, okay. The battle is here. Okay. I know with Chuck there's not much there, but the battle's here. Okay. And if we are using any other method other than the Word of God, you've already lost. Pack it up. What's the, what's the definition of insanity? Doing something over and over, expecting a different result. Then why as we believers keep doing that? Oh, I'm going to prayer. I'm going to this study. I'm going to church. I'm, 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 I'm. You're doing this. There's nothing changing here. All that is good. But few weeks with these guys, it's not me mentoring them, it's Jesus Christ. A few weeks, they're like, like a little pigeon, puff, you know. Before, it was like, oh, pastor, you don't know my life. Jesus Christ does. They come in, you know what? It's amazing. I am the priest of my own now. Wow. That's not Al Rubio. That's Jesus Christ. But now these men learn how to walk step by step by step, with an intentional purpose for their lives. Some of you in this room are, know what I'm saying because you're part of that process. And it's a process. Day by day, guys. Day by day. But again, he says, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're a secret Christian, shame on you. God knows. And don't think you're pleasing Him. He loves you, but you're not pleasing Him. You know, as I was studying this passage, the book of Matthew jumped out to me, guys, and you know where I'm going. Come with me to Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 24. I say this. There's going to be a lot of Judgment Day surprises. Whew. Thinking that we can still live in the flesh, live in sin, willful disobedience, and still think we're going to heaven? Okay, God's the judge. I'm not. But here he says in Matthew, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It is, the fa- is it the Father's will that we live in sin? Then why did Jesus come if that's the... Right? It is His Father. No, we need to know what the Father's will is. And you know what? I can guarantee you it's not sin. It's not living in sin. 
And he continued, he said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, went to Bible studies in your name, came to church in your name, did all these things in your name? And what does he say? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or you who practice wickedness. That is the reward for the wicked. Guys, we're not pulling it over on Christ. I guarantee you're not. And you know what? My brother told me something that just jumped out in the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Praise God we have the Holy Spirit. Because if we didn't, brother, there's nothing in us that would want to serve God. Nothing. Well, I'm a good person. Your good deeds are good as rags. That's what he says. There's nothing good in you. The only thing good in us, guys, is Jesus Christ. So again, guys, we see that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We don't have to look far, saints, to see imposters that profess to be Christians. Here in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. It's sad to me, guys, as a pastor, to see people, believers, so-called believers, thinking that they can get away with sin and say, hey, it's okay. That's all right, man. You know what? Hey, me and God are buds. I tried that one time. We're buds, huh? I am God. We're not buds. He's my Savior. So guys, we, again, look around. But I say this, if you see a brother stumbling, if you love him, man, go up to him. So, bro, you know what? Can I talk to you? I love you. just want to tell you I love you. But I don't see any godly fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. If you love a brother and sister, man, go up to them. You know, man, I, I love you. I need, I need to share this with you, okay? Guys, please, in these last days, please. Okay. Like it, sir, it says in, in Psalm 91, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Okay. Now let's continue. Psalm 91, verses 9 and, uh, to 12. The promise of the Father. Because you have made the Lord, who, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Now Romans 8, 9 through 12. But you, if you are in the flesh, uh, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Indeed, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dwell, dwells in you, he, raised, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Guys, are we going to sin as believers? Absolutely. It's in our nature. Do we have to sin? 
Well, it's a battle. It's a, it's a daily battle. I mean, there's times where I go home and it's like, I am spiritually worn out. I'll be around others that, man, their attitude is like, <laughs> guys, if, you're a, if you have an attitude negative, I guarantee you I won't be hanging around you that long. It drains me. It drains me. But again, guys, if Christ dwells in us, okay, this sin that we keep entertaining, it doesn't catch us by surprise. Come on, we know it very well. We even have a name for it. Oh, here comes Johnny. Whatever. Stop it. Stop it. Here in John 14, 15 through 17, Jesus says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Isn't that a blessing? Those kids come knocking at the door. Oh, man, on the outside, they're like, wow, dude, you, you look like a Christian. Oh, you want to cut my lawn? Praise God. Here you go. Can I say this, guys? If Christians were to do that, two by two. Hi. My name's Scott. Can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? The true Jesus Christ. He says something here, guys. Can they? Do they? Have the spirit of Christ. Oh, they got the name on the door of the building. Oh, you know, come on. We all serve one God. No, we don't. They can't have Christ. They cannot have Christ. Because they cannot have the spirit of Christ. Because what they have is antichrist. As pretty, as holy as it is on the outside. Let me tell you something. On the inside, it is dead. It is evil. Please don't fall for that. Please. Man. That's why he says this. Let me be honest with you. The Holy Spirit to some is a mystery. Very few actually know or believe that the Spirit of the Almighty God actually lives in us. Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, your lifestyle will reflect that. Too many times, man, we're... What happened to Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? No, no, no. Hey, praise God. All things work together for good. All things? All things, Chuck? I lost my job. Praise God. I think these guys that I mentor, man, I tell them this. Guard yourself because here in a few days, a few weeks, this is what's going to happen. I lay it out. They come back. Pastor, you know what? Me and my wife are like this, man. I don't know what's going on. I say two words. Praise God. What do you mean praise God? Praise God. Because before you were not a threat to Satan. And now that you want to go deeper. Oh, you got his attention now. You got his attention now. Like I said before, guys. The people that come to me the most are the wives. I want to thank you, Pastor. 
Is that knucklehead over there? He's a different man. Oh, don't think me, sis. It's all Jesus Christ. But this is a process. This is not a 12-step process. Oh, let me take this magic pill and... No, no, no. It's a process. So let's go on because I'm running out of time. Now let's cover these verses. I'm going to talk briefly about the authority given to the sons of God. And Psalm 91, 13 and 14 says that you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Romans 8, 12 to 14. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are called the sons of God. Are you led by the Spirit or the flesh? Well, Pastor, it depends what day it is. This Sunday is by the Spirit. I'll see you in the back room. I'm just in. We who are led by the Spirit. Are we perfect? Chuck, are you perfect? (laughs) Kathy, is he perfect? I'm sorry, Chuck. No, we're not perfect. But he doesn't say that. Those who walk perfectly. Oh, man, you're so... No, those who have the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. Okay? Man. Okay, let me jump down here, guys, and Luke. I'm going to kind of just read them, okay? You know, it seems like every time I get the opportunity to share in English, this is one of the verses that I often repeat. Why? Because I believe that there's, there are some that have not embraced this truth or this principle. Come with me to Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 19. And this is what Jesus is saying after he sends out the 70. They come back and say, wow, man, even the demons were subject to us in your name. Jesus is like, I know. Then he says this. The seven did return with joy, saying, Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Guys, verse 19, if you don't memorize that one, please memorize it. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. The next time this joker comes lying to you, you have authority. In the name of Jesus, be gone. I pray we believe that. I pray we believe that. Now let's come to Psalm 91, 15, 16. It talks about our salvation. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is Psalm 91, guys. In Romans 8, 15 through 17. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. These are truths. I asked the brother, I said, hey, bro, how do you think you see yourself? <sighs> Ooh, knucklehead, idiot, doom, 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 doom. I said, how does God see you? 
Well, you know, work in progress. I said, no, no. I said, how does God see you? According to his word. Holy, blameless, perfect because of the blood of the Lamb. Who am I going to believe, guys? Am I going to believe myself or am I going to believe the Word of God? The Word of God. Our greatest enemy is ourselves. The way you speak to yourself, is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Oh, I'm such a... Don't ever use that word stupid around me, okay? We're not stupid. Because God loves us. Oh, he knows the work in progress here. But it is his spirit that's doing it. His, as long as we're that, that clay on that wheel, man, just stay on there. Stay on the wheel. Well, son, you know, there's a big old lump, man. We got to get out. Is it going to hurt? Oh, it's going to hurt. Get it out. But there he's molding, shaping, conforming us to his image. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if we indeed suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You guys understand that we, we are already glorified. What? What? Read Romans. For those that I called. For those that I have justified. For those that I have glorified. We are predestined for glorification. What? How can that be? Because he is God and I'm not. Praise God. God knows eternity past, eternity future. Right there. He sees the brother when you... He knew when you are going to receive him. And he knows the very end of your life right here. How big is your God? How big is your God? Well, as my worship team comes up, come with me, guys, to Romans 8, 31 and 34. It says here, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can we try something here? I want you guys to repeat it. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Ready? If God is for us, I was weak. Okay, one more time. One, two, three. Who? Tell me who. Who? Man, let's live like that. Hey, man, you know what? Uh, This thing coming up. Oh, I got God. What did David? David knew this principle. Right? He went to the battlefield with his lunch for his brothers and like, dude, you... who is that Philistine that he's talking about our God like that? You guys going to do something or what? This little kid. He's like, oh, let me at him. Let, let me at him. He was a little shorter than Ron, but he was there, you know. Praise God. He went, you know what? He knew, he knew, you know what? Today the Lord has delivered you into my hand. The Lord, it wasn't him. Guys, let me tell you a secret. It's not us. It's him. We have a stick of dynamite in us. Light that sucker and see what happens. 
Light that cigarette. See what happened. Boom, right? So what, what shall we say to thee? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered us up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who, it is, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Why do we believers, some believers, act like we're orphans? I received Jesus Christ and nothing happened. I feel alone. No, you're not alone. You're never alone. And it's not about a feeling. I pray we understand that. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Let me ask you a question, guys. How much does God love the sinner? That much. Okay. How much does he love his children? Ooh. If he sent his son to die for a sinner, what does he have prepared for us? Sometimes we're like, oh man, you know. Yeah, you're not going to understand the cross for the unbeliever but me. Come on. Come on. Sometimes Christians, we live as God's love has diminished. But we are sons of God. Children of God. If you think God loved the sinner that much, how much, how much, how much do you think he loves his very own? And this lesson, guys, we learned several points or several aspects here. The secret place. Jesus Christ. That's my anchor. His love is what propels me. His love will sustains me. When I'm wore out, man, you know what? I run to the cross as my anchor. Woo! I need some juice, Lord. The righteous requirement of the law was fulfilled. Praise God. We don't no longer have to hear this, the old husband. We don't have to live under that no more. No, we've been liberated from that. Now we're free. The reward of the wicked, it's coming. Pastor Jim's in the book of Revelation, it's coming. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. The authority given to the sons of God. God, we got authority. Speak it. That thought, that demon that keeps hounding you, or that unclean spirit that keeps hounding you, speak to it in the name of Jesus. One of the young guys I'm mentoring one day, he was driving, and man, Pastor, I felt the spirit of fear just come all over me. What'd you do? I said, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And it was gone. You believe that? Praise God. Our salvation. We're living in last days, guys. Are we ready? Are we ready? We stockpiling? How many of you? I got AK-47. I'm ready. No, no. Here's my stockpile right here. Okay. Now, if you're here and you're not a believer, please, please know that God loves you. He sent his son to die for you, man. And I tell you what, 
the blessings that he has for those that he loves. We can't even measure them. So I pray, I pray if you do not know Christ, you would come up afterwards. I would love, we would love to pray with you to receive him. But let me tell you something. Nothing in your life is going to change. In fact, without Christ, it's going to get worse. We would love to pray with you. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you're struggling with your relationship with Christ, and say, you know what, I, I, you're talking about principle I've never heard before. How do you walk in these things? Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Because I was wandering myself for many years until I found what God placed before me, this mentoring process. And guys, it changed my life. Okay? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you, my King, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share it. We stand here, Lord, or come before you, Father, as children of God. Help us, my Lord, to stay focused on you, to look around us, my King, and see that you are preparing the harvest that, Father, we can share with others about your love. That, Father, we can learn to have victory over these thoughts that hound us. That we, Father, can help others grow in their faith as well. So thank you, my King, for what you're doing in our midst. We do pray for the leadership of this nation. Guard our hearts, my King. You know, it, be honest, it angers us. But help us to pray for them because they need you. And Father, you know the outcome. <laughs> There's nothing new for you. Help us to trust you and what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.